Hello, everybody. It's me, Jeanne Janae, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Power is Mine. And today is going to be a part two of my previous episode, Do It Scared, because I really wanted to further elaborate on this topic because I realized in the last episode, I didn't get as into it as I wanted to. So I definitely need to give y'all a little bit more, right? So I created a few talking points. I'm trying to go into it now. Okay, here we go. Because I am actually trying to really live by the words um, that I'm saying. And I do very much want to practice what I preach when it comes to this. Because I firmly believe in doing it scared, y'all. Like, fear is really all in your head. Honestly. Fear sometimes keeps you in check. Fear can help you out. Fear can be a positive thing at times. But fear can also be bullshit. Because at the end of the day... Fear is anxiety that something is going to happen that has not happened yet. And sometimes we give the um, intrusive thoughts, we give the, um, what is it called? Just the, the spells of just spiraling down into, oh, this could happen, that could happen, this could happen, that could happen. Too much power. We have to take back the power from the anxieties in our mind. We have to take back the power from our mind. Learn to control your mind so your mind won't control you. So basically... With these talking points that I created, um, I want to make sure that I go in depth with them. So I have a few here. Let me see. Where does perfectionism come from? So I definitely can say from the research that I've done, from knowing, like, analyzing my childhood, seeing different things, watching different things, right? Perfectionism is something that comes from a place of over-criticism. So... Babies are born as a blank slate. Think of babies as just a regular blackboard. They know nothing. They're just brought into this earth against their wishes. (laughs) Nobody acts to be here. But babies don't have any prior knowledge until they start to mature in a little senses. And then you have those few children that come out and they say, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but there are a few children that basically say they can remember being in the womb or that they know about previous lives and different things like that. It's actually a very interesting topic and it would all have to depend on what you believe in if you <laughs> decide whether that's crazy or not, but I think it's actually a pretty cool concept. So babies are born a blank slate and I am an avid believer in, um, let me see how I could put this. You cannot blame someone all the time for their behavior when you are a direct influence on their behavior. So that's why for me personally, um, anything that I post, I try to do it from a good place. I try to have good intention, but someone can misconstrue my intention or misconstrue a delivery or they can see something and choose to do whatever they want to do. And then the blame can still fall back on me no matter what intention I had. And I saw a post on Instagram the other day and it said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So at the end of the day, um, you can try your best to make a child into this, make a child into that, morph them in this, morph them into that. But a child will ultimately make their own decisions. But also that does not negate the direct influence you had on this being because they grew up around you. They grew up seeing you. They grew up hearing the music you wanted to listen to. They grew up seeing the TV shows you wanted to watch. They grew up seeing how you interacted with your friends. They grew up seeing how you interacted with your partners and your spouses. They grew up seeing how you interacted with your family members. They grew up seeing um, you complain about work and money and 
paying bills and how it was never going to be enough and how money is evil and being rich is evil. And they, they grew up hearing and seeing all of these things. And they might be completely different from how you believe that you raised them, but that does not negate the direct influence that you have on this child and their self-esteem. So a lot of the time I do notice that parents will be like, I didn't raise you to be like this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But then also these are the same parents that are extremely critical of children that aren't very motivating of their dreams that are very, um, they put their children down. They're in competition with their children. Yes, I said it in competition with their children. And sometimes it might not seem direct and apparent, but parents can have such a negative influence on you just because of what they're going through in their inner world. And in their outer world and then they come home and they behave certain ways they say certain things they do certain things and to a parent it's just some regular tuesday to a child it is their childhood it is a core memory you get what i'm saying so at the end of the day um we have to be very careful about the influence that we can have around on those around us and we have to be careful about what we say what we do because it does have a direct influence on these children's self-esteem on how they view the world how they view money how they view friendships how they view relationships all of that so going back where does perfectionism come from i know in every sense of the way my striving to be perfect consistently came from for starters i'm a first generation american all of my lineage is dating back nowhere near america um so people who are children of immigrants definitely kind of all have the same common cord between us that our parents have made so many sacrifices they've done so many different things they've hustled they've struggled all of that and now we feel a sense of guilt if we are not perfect if we are not living up to their standard if we are not consistently striving to do this and do that and if we didn't become the doctor the lawyer the the engineer you know and not everybody's going to become a doctor lawyer engineer i used to personally want to be a lawyer because i do realize that i do have a strong sense of justice i am i used to be very black and white um i'm a little bit more gray now that i've grown up and done different research done different studying and like had different life experiences but i did used to be very black and white But now I do also feel that in the midst of being black and white or also being gray, that I offer empathy, but I don't offer excuses. So a lot of the time with the way people do, everything boils down to a decision. So you can feel whatever impulse, whether it be sexual, whether it be physical, whether it be um, whatever, just random impulses, random intrusive thoughts, and it all boils down to a decision and it boils down to self-control. So when people make certain decisions, I cannot view it as black and white, but I can still say, well, they still chose to do that. You get what I'm saying? So I I give empathy, but I, I take away the form of excuses. I don't make excuses for people just being terrible people. So I think a lot of the time in these immigrant households that they don't necessarily intend harm to be so rough on us children and be so, um, avid about us being these perfect people these people that can do no wrong my mom used to say bees are barely making it so i had a full-on breakdown crying spell when i made my first c in high school 
in high school. It wasn't until I got into high school that I made my first C and then an F at one point because we didn't have a computer so that I could do my schoolwork. So it was just all so much. And it was, I always stayed on principal's list. I always stayed on honor roll. I was always, you know, AV student, mostly A's, you get what I'm saying? But you can't always be perfect. And a lot of the time, the striving for perfection is trying to escape what everybody else thinks about you. And I definitely know that from my mother, um, she definitely strived for perfection in a lot of ways. And even down to my hair being long when I was younger, it used to be, well, um, you guys make fun of me for having a picky picky head and look at the child that I had. She has long, healthy hair. So my mother had such an personally to me, an unhealthy attachment to my long hair that even when I cut it, she was so heartbroken. So at the end of the day, sometimes the opinions, the feelings, the, um, the standards that our parents impose onto us about this perfection is so catastrophic to our inner being that it just really takes a toll on us and they don't realize what they're doing. And a lot of the time it's rooting back to them lacking that perfection, them wanting to appease others, them wanting to be viewed a certain way in society. And because they personally aren't that, then they're now putting it off onto the children to you have to be perfect to make up for the fact that I wasn't perfect. So I definitely feel like in my sense, at least that was a big thing, you know, and let me go back to my talking points. I can definitely see that when I would try my best to uphold this perfection, uphold this, I can do no wrong. I'm this, I'm that. Da, 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 da. It also came from a place of being scapegoated a lot as a child. So I'm an Aries. Um, a lot of people have said around me lately, you're the um, month you were born in doesn't mean anything. You're a person. You're not the month you were born in. You're not your zodiac sign. You're not this. You're not that. But when you do enough research on all of it, it all ties into each other. And it all actually makes a whole lot of sense. Because there are some people where I'll be like, you're a Libra, aren't you? And they'll be like, yes. I'm like, oh, I knew it. Or I'll be like, you're a Gemini, aren't you? And they'll be like, yeah. So it all depends. Um, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You don't have to believe everything that I believe. But... I'm an Aries and I'm also a very matter of fact person. Like I said, very black and white, um, very straight to the point, never meaning malice with it, but just meaning honesty. And truth be told, I feel like the best thing you can do for somebody is be honest because people don't grow from lies. <laughs> In my opinion, people do not grow from lies. If I do not tell you that you're doing your math wrong, you will never know how to do math. If I don't tell you that you're pronouncing a word wrong, you will never know how to speak correctly. You get what I'm saying? And that even falls back into the way that I speak. Um, whenever I just speak and just say whatever regular accent or just different stuff, people, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, but nobody ever believes that I'm from Atlanta from the way that I speak because my mother used to force me to speak proper. And I'm actually, I used to be so annoyed with it because my regular accent <laughs> can either be Caribbean or sometimes I am a little bit like ghetto, a little bit country because I am from Atlanta. You get what I'm saying? That's what I grew up around. But my mother refused for that to be my way that I spoke. So a lot of the time when I am speaking to other people, I forget, not forget, um, I realize just unknowingly I jump into um, my proper type accent because my mom would force me 
all the time to jump back into the proper. Anytime I would fall into my Atlanta accent, she's like, stop talking like you got peanut butter in your mouth. Da -da -da -da. No child of mine is going to speak like that. So sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's purposeful. And then also I apparently have picked up a habit from my dad about when I'm speaking to certain people and other people can do this too, but when you're Caribbean basically and you're around Caribbean people, you end up speaking your accent. Or if you're Hispanic and you're around Hispanic people, you end up speaking in your accent. So I have a bad habit of anywhere that I go, um, and I am Caribbean and Hispanic, but I have a bad habit of speaking to people in their accent. Like I'm very chameleon-like. So every now and then I have a different accent and people are like, where are you really from? I can't tell. And it's almost a good thing and a bad thing, but it's just whatever. So I don't always mean it intentionally, but some people I have noticed um, take offense to it and I'm not even ever meaning it of any offense with it. I'm not trying to be ignorant of any of that because I have a hard time sometimes dealing with the fact that like, yes, I am Panamanian, but when I speak to people, let's say from Guatemala or something like that, they in Spanish in accent, whatever, they might take it as me just being some ignorant American because it's just so hard for people to believe that a black girl with tattoos is actually Hispanic. So it just is what the fuck it is. I don't really care no more. I'm still going to learn my culture and my still going to learn Spanish, move on with that. But a lot of the time where it came from with me trying to be perfect, I definitely saw my mom wanting to disprove everyone that was trying to rag on her. And then with my dad's side of the family, they're always they're very much very critical people they're people that consistently put everybody down like you cannot go anywhere with them without the topic of conversation becoming some random stranger walking past and them talking about how people look what the people dressed in but and they would always hate with me like i can't i don't like doing that i don't i mind my business i say to myself i don't just talk about people you really have to fuck with me for me to start talking about you or you have to engage me for me to be like, well, bitch, let's shine the light on you. But I'm not a person that just talks about people. Am I a person that if something is personally affecting me and I see something in my surrounding area and, and I feel like it's a time to educate or empower my community, will I speak on it? Yeah, for sure, 100%. But it's less about ragging on one particular person and more about me trying to help the masses. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely have seen in a lot of senses people will take it like I'm just picking with them. I'm just being sibling, I'm being shady. I don't even take it as that because I'm the type of person, I'm like I said, I'm straight cut and dry. Um, I've learned how to be nicer, how to be sweeter in my delivery, but I'm still going to be honest. And people will be like, stuff is subliminal. Well, bitch, if I really had a problem like that, I could have really told you. But at the end of the day, as I've gotten older, I got super tired of being scapegoated. And I now I just kind of, I might just leave situations where it's at, or I don't like being gaslighted. So I just don't even engage certain people because I'm like, I'm not going to waste my energy arguing with you about what you know you probably did wrong and if you don't know that what you did was wrong that's part of the problem too and i don't even want to talk to you fuck it so where the all the scapegoating came from in my childhood my dad's side of the family are people who are very judgmental they want to find superiority in themselves even though they're lacking in it like they they always just want to place somebody underneath them so what i realized is me um calling out delusions me being honest me asking certain questions always used to be a problem and I was pegged a problem child like my whole childhood so I would try my best to outwork this stereotype to be be this be that be try to be da, 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 da. like it it became too much and I've come to realize that the people that are most critical of you are very critical of themselves because even there are certain times where I have to be 
um, self-reflective and I have to realize I'm being critical of somebody because I'm kind of critical of myself and I hold myself to certain standards. So I might also hold the people that are around me to certain standards. I can have empathy, but I also say in certain levels, I'm just not tolerating certain shit. But in their senses, it was just like for me being who I am now, for me to be 23 right now, I in no shape, way, shape or form can really understand why they were just so fucking mean to a child why they were so critical of a child like it's actually quite disgusting that's why i say i've gone full no contact with my my dad's side of the family i don't really play around with that because they're just in my opinion they're not really good people for your mental health so all of that in my childhood definitely contributed to my lack of self-esteem it definitely contributed to my consistently striving for perfectionism and I've had to grow out of it. I've had to let certain things go. But honestly, it, now going into my next talking point, in, in my adulthood, it's going to sound funny, but the biggest healing thing that I've had to do is having the audacity to be mediocre. And oh my gosh, even just saying that out loud sounds crazy, but it's actually quite healing, quite, um, quite relaxing. To not feel like you have to strive to be the best, most perfect, most extra person all the fucking time. Like, it's not healthy to believe that you are going to always be perfect. You're always going to do the best. You're always going to get that A, that 100%. I would come home with a 97 or a 98% and my mom would be like, okay, where's the other two points? And I'll be like, mommy, I tried so fucking hard. I honestly don't even know why I couldn't get the two points. But she was like, no, next time get 100. And I felt like that was so damaging to my self-esteem at times. It did make me a really hard worker. It did make me a really good person when it comes to work ethic. But it also was not good for me. And I'm not saying that you should just completely 100% all the time expect bullshit from people. Because like I told you guys, I hold people to a certain standard. But sometimes having the audacity to be mediocre is what's actually best for you. And that actually helps a lot of people into supposed greatness or into richness wealth whatever because those people are not extremely intelligent they're not so much prettier than you they're not so much funnier than you they just have the audacity to be mediocre at times and they just keep going no matter how much shit gets thrown their way no matter how much people tell them that they're mediocre tell them that they're not funny tell them that they're not smart they just keep going so honestly having the audacity to be mediocre is in my opinion what sets a lot of people apart from the masses because a lot of people strive for perfectionism a lot of people want to play i'm too cool for school a lot of people want to be like i'm just a the this or that like i'm too cool for that they don't let you in in the sense and they just want to pretend that they're perfect people nobody on this earth is perfect a lot of the time the people that are so supposedly perfect and are looking down on everyone else are the worst people those are people that have something to hide so i hate people like that and clearly the the strong sense of justice in me is always like in the when it comes to people like that i'm in like exposing mode because i'm like bitch no you're shining a light on me you're pointing a finger at me let's shine a light let's point a finger at you so personally i believe sometimes you have to have the audacity to be mediocre and that's why i say do it scared because at the end of the day when you're scared and terrified of it might not work it might not this it might not that that's exactly what you need to learn so you can be better so you have to not be afraid to fall on your face to face rejection to do something wrong you have to have the audacity to be mediocre. Now, 
into the next talking point, getting over the fear of rejection. I personally am somebody who hates rejection. Like I hate rejection in the sense that especially I think the rejection became the worst for me once I started to know who I was. When I started to know who I was, that rejection started to eat my ass alive because I'll be like, bitch, I'm amazing. I'm intelligent. I'm pretty. Um, I'm funny. I'm kind. I'm like all these things under the sun. I'm cool. You know, like I work on myself consistently. I have a um, hard worker mindset, all of that. So when people reject me, I find myself at times being like, well, bitch, you ain't all that great either. <laughs> like, so rejection has become a very bad thing for me, but especially in the environment where I'm at now, like I've come to realize it it gets irritating, but then I take a step back and I realize like, why am I being rejected in this environment? Truth be told, I'm not even trying to be funny, but um, I've always aspired towards like high fashion modeling, this and that and da 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 da. I know this might sound crazy with, like me getting on tattoos and other shit like that but truth be told as at one point i had always not at one point in my childhood i'd always loved america's next time model um project runway shit like that but then at a point i realized that for starters for black women there it's a little bit different breaking into fashion communities like that and then i also realized that i didn't want to be going through the killing myself not eating to stay a certain level of skinny to try to make certain weights to try to this try to that and currently on my youtube channel i'm speaking on me trying to regain my weight after living in the car and not eating and stuff like that and just being told how thin i am and me realizing how thin i am and me not fitting any of my clothes but i don't personally want to hop on a scale and look at a weight and try to tie my happiness and my goal to a certain weight so i Personally, um, I believe in making your own lane. And that might sound crazy at times because it might be like, oh, you just couldn't fit into what everybody else had going on. So you had to try to do something. Bitch, yes, that's exactly what the fuck I'm gonna do. Because when you try to force your way into someone else's thing that they created, you're held to their standards. So I highly, highly, highly believe in making your own fucking lane. Like, I'm a person, if you tell me no, I'm going to kick the door down and I'm going to make some shit. Or I'm going to build that fucking fashion house myself. I'm going to do that myself. So, a lot of the time, when I do creative concepts, when I choose to do this, when I choose to do that, it's because I just really had this idea in my head or I saw an idea that I wanted to execute. And I don't believe, I believe a lot of people lack originality yes i believe a lot of people lack the ability to think for themselves but i also do realize on social media um i'm not trying to be funny a lot of people are not as intelligent a lot of people lack um comprehension skills a lot of people don't actually want to read a lot of people lack uh, attention span and a lot of it they don't understand that people can be inspired and everything is not copying. Like people are no longer on, I'm definitely seeing are no longer allowed to be inspired. Like people just so they, they're not understanding of the fact that no idea is owned by anyone. If you guys think about how long the earth has existed, how long people have existed, no one idea is just gonna just be made up for real for real in 2023 it just so happens that nobody trademarked it yet or that it just can't be traced back this and that but no one idea 
is owned by anyone. That's why it's very ridiculous when people behave certain ways. And yes, some people try to finesse and steal other people's ideas, but people are allowed to be inspired. And I'm not a person who directly copies people. I, a lot of time with my shoots, the way it comes out, I get ideas from at least five different places minimum. That's my biggest thing. I say five points of inspiration minimum. I don't know why I became five the number, but my biggest thing is five points of inspiration minimum for one idea. And a lot of time my ideas fall into place. I fall in love with pieces. I don't fall in love with a full one concept. So that's just the way my brain works. And no one can ever truly say I'm just 100% copying them because I can draw inspiration. And I don't mind giving people credit, but then even still giving people credit, bitch, I'm sure you copied somebody. So I'm you begging for credit and you copied somebody. Like, that's how people be, but it just is what the fuck it is. But at the end of the day, um, I don't mind creating my own lane. I don't mind falling on my face. I don't mind doing my own thing because a lot of the time when you see the way that people hold these unrealistic as standards to people and what they could do their bodies their this their that i'm just like no i don't want no parts of that so i rather forge my own lane and a lot of what's helped that is me being a dancer because i get the funds to forge that lane and i've tried to build my business up and it's still in you know i i had to realize i had to be gracious to myself i had to be kind to myself and realize i launched a business in the midst of a pandemic i also launched a business that's in an oversaturated market i also launched a business not realizing that a lot of people that are engaged with my content are just concerned with just seeing what i have going on they're not as concerned with supporting me fully like that yet so i still have to build a loyal fan base because a lot of people when it comes to me are just fucking nosy so i don't really care about that but that ties into the fear of rejection. I'm no longer afraid of what people really have to say. And I think in my younger years, the most when I was scapegoated, the most when I was bullied, the most when I was um, just fucked with was when I didn't care what other people thought, when I wasn't moving hive mind, when I wasn't doing what everyone else was doing because that just was what was comfortable. Now, I've always been a person who is the, the one oddball out, who doesn't look like anybody else, who doesn't behave like anybody else, who, sad to say, is smarter than a lot of people that I'm around. So I'm always getting picked on. I'm always a person that would get scapegoated, especially from my dad's side of the family. So that's why I say when you are dealing with certain levels of disrespect you're dealing with certain levels of lack of accountability on others part it's good to remove yourself from it especially if it's family because i don't believe blood is thicker than water i believe blood will have you fuck the fuck up and have you in the worst possible position in life and then you're supposed to what still take it because that you're you happen to be related to those people no i believe in creating your family opposed to just um blood relation means that's family no i no longer deal with certain people off of just the way they refuse to take accountability for themselves they refuse to grow themselves there and they choose to scapegoat the child of the family it's just not healthy it's not good so and also i've heard that caribbean culture is quite toxic so that's where it comes from too but you know not making excuses it's just gonna be what the fuck it is you guys can stay toxic you can stay with lack of growth you could be whoever the fuck you want to be just not around me so the next talking point I'm saying is needing discomfort to experience growth. So crazy thing is, um, I people a lot of times tell me I have an old soul. People tell me that the, my mindset is just so beyond my years and so amazing. And how am I such a kind person? How am I such a this? How am I such a that? And the reason I can truly attribute it to is trauma. And 
being in constant discomfort. I used to remember between my brother and I, my brother would be like, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. And all that I would pray for, all that I would ask God for was, God, I just want to be comfortable. Because we were literally moving like every five to six months. Um, I think the longest we ever probably stayed in a place was like six or seven months at any point in my childhood. We never had a childhood home. For the longest, I didn't really even know what hood I was from for real for real. So people would ask me where I was from and I just couldn't tell them because I never fully lived anywhere for more than a few months. Now, was it all in a bad sense because my mom was always trying to find the bigger, the better opportunity? No, um, but it also did a number on me because I was always the the new kid. So I was always the easy target. I was always like, you know, just this, uh, the spotlight was on me. And also, I never really had the time to build true connection with people because I was just always moving on. And I didn't have a phone for the longest. So the few friends I do feel like were actual good friends to me in my life, and we could have been good friends to this day, um, I lost our contact information. Every other fake-ass person stayed in contact. But <laughs> the good quality people, I don't feel like like we just couldn't keep contact and I just really hate that and maybe if we were meant to be friends maybe I'll meet them at some point in time later on in life hopefully I do but you know it just is what it is so at the end of the day my consistent discomfort in my childhood is what made me view life the way that I view it and even though it was sad and I used to malice my mother a little bit for it my consistent moving away from people actually helped with the idea of me not holding on to people that aren't good for me. So a lot of people have the concept of hold on to people no matter what, no matter what they do, da, 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 no matter the level of disrespect, no matter just toleration means love. Toleration is not love, in my opinion. I'm not taking certain shit off of you because I love myself too fucking much. I don't treat myself certain ways, so I refuse to let you treat me certain ways. I'm not going for it. You can call me all types of evil, all kinds of bitches, all kinds of whatever. I'm not going for it. Find somebody else to be your punching bag. I'm not taking the punching bag treatment. And a lot of that mindset comes from me making up the concept early on in my childhood. I would never let men treat me the way my father treats me or my mother. Um, And I also, when I would get beaten from my mom, I'll be so fucking angry. And I'll be like, I will never let nobody put their hands on me, deal with me certain ways, da, 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 da. So... These bad things actually shaped me into who I was. I'm not going to say they were positive. No, fuck no. I would have loved to be just a child who was spoken to opposed to be all the time. But my mom did give us a lot of talks that I can fall back on. But I also was a child that she wanted me to express myself the best way I could. And sometimes I just, me as personality wise, me and my mother's personalities just weren't meshing personalities. So in childhood, especially being an African-American child, Caribbean child, whatever, the best way they think that they can control you or handle you is getting a whooping. So I, I've forgiven my mother for all of that different stuff, but it definitely did shape me into a person who don't take shit off of nobody. So at the end of the day, um, I'm trying to go back to my talking points really quick. So at the end of the day, needing that discomfort to experience growth, I feel like I've definitely had it. And sad to say, um, me even being in the club environment and having that discomfort, it's made me grow to the point of realizing some people, the way they would treat you, the way they will reject you, the way they'll be just so fucking evil to you says more about them than it says about you. So that's why you need to 
Get over the fear of being rejected. And if it's one thing that the club can do to you, it's going to make you get over the fear of being rejected. Because if you don't get your ass up sometimes and go try to ask that customer, do they want to dance? Bitch, you ain't making no money for that night. So I've had to literally do it scared. I've had to tell myself, no, they're just going to tell me no. No, fuck it, bitch. Get in their face and just walk up to the people and just be like, hey, you want to dance? And then they'll fuck around and say yes. So sometimes you're holding your own self back. And I want you guys, I want that for me. I want it for y'all to stop holding yourself back and to start doing shit scared more. So now the next talking point is imposter syndrome and overcoming it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to search the, the Google definition of imposter syndrome. So let's type this out. Um... The literal definition of imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high performing in external objective ways. This this condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or phony and doubting their abilities. So there's also this little graphic that says imposter syndrome cycle. So it says a new project or task, anxiety, procrastination, or over preparation. I'm a big, (laughs) big doer of that. Project completion, a brief relief and sense of accomplishment, rationalization. I was lucky. Somebody else would have done a better job. Increase in self-doubt, anxiety, feeling like a fraud. And then the next cycle, just a new project. So imposter syndrome is a motherfucker, y'all. Honestly, I I don't really know if I have imposter syndrome completely. What I have is, like I said, my mother put that feeling in me of always being on to the next thing, always trying to do better always trying to strive for the 100 opposed to the 98 and my biggest thing that i started to say is shoot for the moon so if you fall among the stars panther's just coughing in the background y'all sorry about that shoot for the moon so if you fall amongst the stars you'll be just fine so excuse me um i don't think i've ever really felt like i wasn't great when i do something but i do feel like i play it very humble because my personality is a big personality. I'm very firm in who I am. I've always been this way since I was a kid. Um, and I'm always somebody who basically rubs people wrong because I'm confident. Like I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in my abilities. I know what I can do. And that confidence doesn't come from me just being a jackass. It comes from me working hard. Like I work very hard. I put in a lot of hours. I put in a lot of time. I overly analyze. I, I passively work like I'm probably always working. I'm always doing something towards my goals. So when you see this completed project, it's not just no fly by night bullshit thrown together. But then I'm also a person who my my mediocre is a lot of people's greatness. And that used to get realized a lot in school when I would procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate because the idea, the anxiety, the stress of me doing something would hold me back from doing it. And when I finally just slapped it together, I would get a 100 because the standard my mother held me to and the standard I hold myself to a lot of the times I could feel like something is mediocre and everybody else feels like it's amazing. So that ties back into having the audacity to be mediocre. Sometimes you're mediocre in your mind is somebody else's greatness they could never achieve. They can't believe how could you possibly do it. So you have to have the audacity to be mediocre. And I'm not really sure about when it comes to not internally feeling successful. I know that a lot of the time now I do give myself the cookie because I'm not waiting for somebody else to give me the cookie. I work damn hard on my shit and I appreciate myself and I tell myself you did a fucking good job and you're going to keep going. You're going to keep striving and you're learning. So do it on your time and make it work and stuff like that. But I also 
hold myself to a level of sometimes I beat myself up because I want to get everything done on a certain timeline. And when I can't, I feel like shit. But then I have to remember, like, I have to consistently look back on what I've accomplished because I'm like, girl, you're doing great. The dots don't come together until you're in the future, not necessarily in the present. Sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough. Sometimes you have to look back and see, bitch, you're doing amazing. Look where you're coming from. So when it comes to being successful on the outside and not being successful on the inside, that just goes back to loving on yourself all the time. Like, I feel like I definitely work really hard. I used to not feel confident in my looks because I would get bullied all the time. Come to find out I'm one of the baddest I want to say, I want to say bad bitch. I'm just going to say bad bitch, whatever, because I hold different standards to certain words and I believe you give certain shit power. So saying I'm a bad bitch, I would like to say, yes, I'm a beautiful woman. But sometimes the way I communicate myself, I'm a badass bitch. <laughs> so um, I would look in the mirror and I would tell myself, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're kind, you're funny, da 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 And that made me eventually love on myself. And I had to realize, like, these people are tearing you down. Look at how they fucking look. I would get bullied by people that look like the fucking gross sisters. Like, and now I'm looking back. I'm like, this bitch bad body built like a box Chevy, built like a refrigerator, built like the fucking monsters off of fucking um, Ghostbusters and shit. And Jeepers Creepers and motherfuckers like that. And the, you letting them convince you that you ugly and that you sh- built like a man, that you that you bad body? Fuck no. So a lot of time, I'm just not taking it off of people. Like, bitch, I'm not going to wait for you to give me the cookie. I'm going to give myself the fucking cookie. Matter of fact, let me go buy myself a great American cookie franchise. Because I do a damn good job. And that confidence in myself comes from my knowing that I work hard. I work hard and God is with me. God is in everything I do. Like, everything I do. You know what I'm saying? So God is always following me. And I'm always learning those lessons. I'm always taking a step back. You have to look at stuff from like a omnipresent mindset sometimes you got to take a step back and look at it like you're the narrator you can't be completely present all the time and a lot of time i am not as present as i should be but also my ability so everything is a duality thing um my ability to take myself out of my being and look at the situation as an out-of-body experience definitely is a super good thing for me because i can see stuff from different perspectives and i could tell myself you're doing a damn good job look at where you're coming from you get what i'm saying i used to have to steal food at the grocery store so we could have dinner i used to have to steal toilet paper from the school so that we could have tissue i used to sit in every lunch breakfast and lunch in school skipping class so that we could take home cheese sticks and them little banana nut loaves and um little um waffles the wafers waffles or whatever um smuckers waffles and um them little cream cheese shits like yeah that used to fill up our fridge we used to pray and wait for the weekday to come back from the weekend because we were hungry the whole weekend you know so for me to come from that point and come to the point i am now i'm doing a damn good job for myself i don't give a fuck what people feel about my job i do it because nobody else i've seen it in my lowest of points and that's why i documented it too because i not only want to show people that nobody gives a fuck about you when you're doing your worst in life i also want to show people that you can try your hardest to grind your way out doing this and doing that but sometimes you have to make that step and i'm not that's why i say i'm not trying to convince anybody go to be a dancer but i'm also going to tell people if you feel like your situation is really fucking bad save yourself i don't know what you got to do to save your fucking self i don't necessarily encourage anything along the lines of prostitution i don't encourage um kicking doors and shit like that 
I do, hell, I don't even encourage stripping and I'm stripping, but do what you can to save yourself in the safest way possible, you know? So at the end of the day, I do my best and I work really hard. I put value behind everything. I spend a lot of fucking money on what y'all see in front of y'all. And people, I invest a lot of time and people still hate on me. People still show me consistently that they don't give a fuck about me. And then they'll turn around and talk shit about what I have to do to make money and not give me a, a red cent. Knowing I live in a car, knowing I live in a car, not even call to check up on me, not even send a text, you know? So when I realize that about people, I'm going to do what the fuck I have to do at the end of the day. And my success will be predicated on me creating a lane for myself and doing it scared. I'm not going to let the fear of rejection. I'm not going to let the fear of judgment. I'm not going to let the fear of falling on my face. Stop me. I'm going to make shit happen. And what is this other demographic? Let me see. Um, Another sign of imposter syndrome basically is over-preparing, blaming accomplishments on luck, distrusting of others, dismissing positive feedback, feeling unworthy of success, afraid of being outed as a fraud. So I, okay, maybe in that sense, I do have imposter syndrome because what I could tell you guys is I don't feel like my accomplishments are based on luck because I know I work really hard. It can never be luck because I work so fucking hard. I literally have the blood, sweat, and fucking tears and the calluses. I could take pictures of the calluses on my hands currently, um, the blood on my foot currently from me working hard. So I never feel like it's based on luck. Um, Distrusting of others. I am quite distrusting of others, but that also comes from just me seeing that people are not trustworthy. Um, Dismissing positive feedback. I do know that I do take positive feedback, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, because I don't like it to be played up too much. Like I'm not looking for praises. I don't want to be represented as some god somewhere no god helps me towards what i do and i work really hard towards it so that's where it comes from so i'm not necessarily dismissive of positive feedback but i do kind of just be like okay chill now like you're doing a lot i'm feeling unworthy of success i kind of have that level sometimes and it only comes from experiencing so much rejection so especially in the club what i could tell you guys is that when you experience so much rejection sometimes sometimes you just don't believe that you can even get that big bag because I am a smaller frame girl. I have a great shape. I'm athletic and, you know, I have a bald fade. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times I'm just not people's type. And also when I go out into the world, I realize in the real world, I'm that bitch. And I truly feel like the internet and the club are not real places, bro. Like it's people so fucked up. Internet people so fucked up on jealousy, insecurity, um, in trying to become superior being bullies in the club people so fucked up on drugs um um lack mindset you know like scarcity mindset um what's it called um survival mode that shit is just different so i'm coming to realize that i shouldn't formulate any opinion on myself and my looks or whatever really based on the club because the club is not a real place Social media is not a real place. Help! All these celebrities have said it. When they're out in public, they don't experience any of the hate that they get on social media. It's just like you get on social media and you get so much fucking hate. And in person, you don't see none of it. In your concerts, they're sold out. People singing all the lyrics. But on social media, you're a one-hit wonder. You're not going to make it. Your music is garbage. So people are so fucking ridiculous. You really got to take a step back and be like, bro, like... I'm not even going to listen to none of the shit you got to say. But I'm also a person who can take a little bit constructive criticism. And I, that made me come to realize, like, yeah, I was living in a car for five months. I was starving myself to save money. 
you know, different shit like that. So I probably am kind of fucking skinny. So I can, I can get, I afford to gain some weight. You know, it just is what it is, but I'm still going to not have a terrible belief about myself just because what I've gotten a little skinny. No, I'm still a bad bitch. I'm just a little skinny. So it just is what it is, but uh, all tying in, let me see if I have another talking point. Um, let me see. And basically we're just going to sum it all up now. Um, in anything you do, you have to take a leap of faith and you have to be willing to not be perfect so that you can get shit accomplished, so that you can learn. And that is the biggest way for growth. That's the biggest way for accomplishment. That's the biggest way for getting over that feeling of imposter syndrome. Because another big thing for me is my confidence within myself is just my consistent proof to myself that I can do what I set my mind to. Even if it's supposedly delayed, even if I set a timeline for myself, somebody else has a timeline for myself, I'm going to get shit done and I'm going to do it beyond the ideas that somebody else had every single time. So I have that strong belief in myself and that's where that comes from. And I am not afraid to fail. Overall, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to fail. So I want you guys to start looking in the mirror. Look at yourself. Tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell yourself you're smart. Tell yourself you're funny. Tell yourself you're kind and start to become that. Embody that. And also tell yourself, I'm not afraid to fail. 15 times in a row every fucking morning. And I guarantee your life is going to change. And that's all I got to say. I love you guys so much. Kisses. Become the best you that you can be. This is Janae Janae. <laughs> that um, true word, Panther. Thank you. And this was another episode of The Power is Mine. Have a great day.